The title of the sermon this morning is Three Key Assignments of the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Three Key Assignments of the Holy Spirit. And you can turn so long to John chapter 16, verse 7. We'll get there in a moment's time. Now, let me start off by saying this, that there are many ways in which the Holy Spirit is at work on planet Earth. Many ways. Many things that He is busy doing. However, according to John 16, there are three key assignments or three key responsibilities that seem to be highlighted as assignments that he is actively carrying out, that he is actively fulfilling. And we want to look at these three assignments today. But before we do that, let me take a little step back, and I want to talk about something that is very real for a moment, which has bearing on what we're sharing about today. And this is what I want to say. One of the greatest battles that human beings face is having feelings of condemnation. Having feelings of unworthiness. Feelings that human beings battle with or being bogged down with sin. Feelings simply not good enough. And this is a situation for people around the world, no one excluded. Generally, as humanity, as mankind, there is the struggle with condemnation, feeling unworthy, feeling not good enough, like somehow we're not pleasing God enough or something like that. And sadly, this is not only the case for people of the world, but I believe that many Christians who love the Lord, are also sadly plagued by thoughts of unworthiness, thoughts of sin consciousness. And there's a struggle, there is a wrestle going on. Now, listen to this statement that I'm about to read to you. And this is one that many Christians would probably agree with. But let me also say, don't be too quick to agree with it. But many Christians would agree with this. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin to the believer's heart. I wonder how you feel about that. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin to the believer's heart. Now, this is what I was taught in Bible college, studying theology. I was taught this. Also, when I was growing up, for the first, I don't know, 14 years of my life or something, our family and our church was part of the Baptist denomination. And we came out of a mindset that believed that. Now, I do just want to say that the Baptist denomination is a wonderful grouping of God's people. And uh, on both sides of our family, there were staunch roots in the Baptist church. And I praise God for that. So many wonderful things that we have learnt through our Baptist roots. But not, nevertheless, this was part of their mindset that the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin to the believer's heart. However, it would seem that 
this doesn't accurately correspond to what the Word of God teaches, and that's what we're looking at today. And by the way, if ever you discover some of the traditions that you've been taught are not in line with the Word of God, then you renew your mind and you take on what the Word of God says. Doesn't matter how strong your traditions were. Doesn't matter how many generations before you believed them. When you discover something which is the truth of the Word of God and you didn't see it before, you take that on. Because it's truth that sets us free. And so it would seem that this mindset doesn't accurately correspond to what God's word teaches. So let's look at John 16 to see what the scripture says and let the scripture be paramount. Because I believe that also looking at this today can bring tremendous freedom in our lives. John 16, I hope you have it in your Bible. First choice is you read in your Bible, people. Second choice is you look on the screen. John 16, verse 7 to 11. And Jesus speaking, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, remember the helper, the parakletos, the one called alongside to help. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, and when he has come, very important, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, verse 9 and 10 and 11 are very important to bring understanding of what was just said in verse 8. Verse 9 says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. They do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen? Good. Four things that I want to share with you. If you're making notes, please write this down. Number one. The Holy Spirit has come to convict unbelievers of sin. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit has come to convict unbelievers of sin. Now, when you hear the word convict, it can conjure up some thoughts and some images in your mind, maybe of criminal prosecution and conviction in that way. However, that is not the right association or connotation in terms of what Jesus is dealing with here. Jesus is speaking about conviction in the sense of belief or in the sense of persuasion. And so to put it quite simply, to convict means to convince and to persuade. And so therefore, the Holy Spirit comes to convince and persuade people that certain things are true. Because the world's mindset is in such a mess that we need the Holy Spirit to make it real and convince that certain things are true, certain things are correct. Otherwise, we'll all just be completely running amok and not having direction. Now, John 16, verse 8, it is on your screen. It says, and when he, who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. 
And when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict. What are those next two words? The world. Say the world. He will convict the world of sin. Now, it's important to look at this accurately. When Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin, it is clear he was referring to unbelievers. He will convict the world of sin. He was referring to unbelievers because they are typically referred to as the world. And you can look at many places in Scripture when it talks about the world, it's not talking about God's people. It's talking about the world, the unconverted, the unbeliever. And so I want to say to you, does this verse say that the Holy Spirit convicts believers of sin? No, it doesn't. But yet for so many years, this has been sort of the understanding that people have had, and I believe it's because people have taken this verse out of concept, context and wrongly believes that the Holy Spirit convicts believers of sin, but he does not. Folks, let me make it loud and clear. The Holy Spirit convicts the world. In other words, unbelievers of sin. That is one of the things that he does. It is one of the assignments that the Spirit of God has. Now, in the New Testament, when we read about the working on the Holy, of the Holy Spirit, it is usually associated with believers' lives and the Holy Spirit working in believers' lives. But here, we see that there is an aspect of the Holy Spirit's work which is directed to unbelievers, and that aspect is convicting them of sin. And this is one of the key assignments of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question in the backdrop of what we say. And the question is this. What is the basic sin that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of? Think about that for a moment. The basic sin, because it says, and he will convict the world of sin. What is that basic sin? I want to say to you, it is the sin of unbelief. Unbelief. The fact when somebody just says, I choose to reject God. It's the sin of unbelief. John 16, verse 8 and 9 is also on your screen. It says, he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. By the way, I'm spending a bit more time on point one and two, and then point three and four will go a little quicker. But it says that he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. I want to ask you today, do you realize that not believing in Jesus Christ is actually sin? It is the sin of unbelief. And I believe that not enough pulpits in the world today are clear on calling out sin for what it is. But in this church, under the authority of the Word of God and under the power of the Holy Spirit, we will call sin what it is. I believe it's very important this day and age. It's too much compromise. And so if you are in the service today and you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I need to let you know that according to Scripture, you are guilty of the sin of unbelief. Don't get cross with me. God said that. But in the same breath, I want to make it clear and say 
that God is gracious and he wants to show you his love today. He wants to pour out his love on you. He wants to save you and rescue you. He hasn't come to condemn you, but he's come that you might be saved. And so his love is, in, is drawing you. But before you can come to Christ in salvation, you have to realize I'm in unbelief. Forgive me of this sin, Lord. I now place my faith in you, Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, child of God, that Jesus is worthy of our belief. There is nothing about him that makes it impossible for mankind to not, uh, for mankind, there's nothing about him that makes it impossible for mankind to believe in him. It is entirely possible and plausible that we can believe in Jesus Christ. Every person needs to believe in Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Pastor Robert Morris, some of you may have heard of him. He leads a large church in the United States, wonderful man of God. He says the following. He says, when the Holy Spirit convicts lost people of sin, that's a good thing. The conviction is the only way people become aware that they need a savior. So this work that Jesus is, that God is doing by the Spirit to convict people of sin, it's good. It helps people to realize, I have a problem, and I have to do something about it. I have to come to Christ. I have to give up this unbelief. And in Acts chapter 2, we see that the Holy Spirit was actively convicting unbelievers. I'll just read it to you. It's Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 38. This is just after the day of Pentecost or right at that time. Peter gets up and Peter's beginning to preach the word of God. And so he says, it says in Acts 2.37, when they heard this, this is the people that were listening, the unbelievers, it says they were cut to the heart. What is cut to the heart? Cut to the heart is convicted. Right there under the sound of Peter's voice, they were cut to the heart. They were convicted. And then it goes on to say, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. And you know the wonderful thing that happened? Right on that day, 3,000 people were added to the kingdom of God because the word was going forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the preaching of God's word by Peter in that moment did play an important role. But I want to tell you, I believe that even more importantly on that day was that the Holy Spirit was bringing conviction to unbelievers to bring them to change. And the results were wonderful. Preaching the gospel without the power of the Holy Spirit is useful. Useless, sorry. <laughs> is useless. We've got to preach the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. The power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to make sure that as a congregation that we are learning and growing concerning the Holy Spirit because He comes to empower our lives. So we see here in the story in Acts, we see here that when the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, it was directed towards unbelievers. By the way, let me tell you, you and I should be grateful that the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of sin. It is very necessary. Just imagine if the Holy Spirit was suddenly removed from planet Earth. 
The earth, I want to tell you, would descend into total chaos, lawlessness, and anarchy. And so we should be thankful that the Holy Spirit is today playing a restraining role in the earth through convicting unbelievers. Otherwise, things would be completely lawless and completely filled with anarchy. And the Holy Spirit is on assignment to convict unbelievers in the hope that they will turn to Christ. Now, if the Holy Spirit does not convict believers of sin, then what does he convict us of? This brings me to point number two. The Holy Spirit has come to convict believers of our righteousness in Christ. Come on, this is a little bit exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. Say this with me. The Holy Spirit has come to convict believers of our righteousness in Christ. That's what he's doing in you. That's what he's working in you. That's one of his assignments that he's actively fulfilling in you. And let me say, it's always important to, to, to interpret verses in their correct context. If you don't interpret verses in the correct context, it leads to misinterpretation. And one of the keys to accurate biblical interpretation is this. Who is the text talking to? And who is it referring to? Who is it speaking about? Now, John 16, verse 10, I hope you're following in your Bibles. It's also on your screen. It says, he will convict, and then it says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, Jesus says, and you, please say the word you, you, you see me no more. Just to point out this, that while the disciples were following Jesus, do you realize that they had the most wonderful example of righteousness in front of them? They were seeing him, they were following Jesus, they were being guided in righteousness, but Jesus said, listen, I'm gonna go now. But the good news is that the Holy Spirit is gonna continue the ministry that I started here, disciples, and as a result, he is going to be guiding you into all truth and righteousness. And he's the one that you're going to be following as an example of righteousness. But Jesus says that he will convict of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Now, who was Jesus referring to here? Because suddenly, he's not speaking about the world, but he uses this term, you, now, this is important for interpretation, which is accurate, I believe. You see, since Jesus was referring to the second person pronoun, you, in this situation, it is clear that now he was not talking about the world, but he was talking about believers. Now he was talking to his disciples, those that were right around him. And by the way, this was a close, intimate meeting of his disciples, and he says that now, it's gonna be happening to you because you see me no more and you need the Holy Spirit to help you in this regard. So he wasn't referring to the world here. He had shifted his focus and he's now telling the believers, he's referring to them that this is about you and I as believers. But the powerful thing is through all of this that we can clearly realize that this tells us that the Holy Spirit was sent to convict believers of our righteousness in Christ. 
I want to say it again because it's got to get in a little bit more. The Holy Spirit is convicting believers of righteousness in Christ. Do you hear it? Do you get it into your spirit? The Holy Spirit is convicting believers of your righteousness that you have in Christ. Wow. So when the enemy comes and says, you're a dirty, rotten sinner, you say to him, no, no, no. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. It's wonderful. The Holy Spirit was sent to convict every believer of righteousness. And I want to tell you, every time you mess up, the Holy Spirit convicts you of righteousness in Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that He does that, that He lifts you up to who you are supposed to be? The Holy Spirit is your helper, and He comes to help you live righteously. And I want to tell you that He was sent to help you. He is not sent to nag you, to pull you down, to point out all your faults and weaknesses, to make you feel miserable. No, he is sent to convict you of the righteousness in which you stand in Christ Jesus. And this is a very, very important mindset that we need to adopt. Some people might say, well, isn't this just looking at the same coin from a different side? Well, if it is, it is. A paradigm shift completely. It is a crucial shift in perspective from a negative motivation to an amazingly positive motivation. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, it's on your screen, please follow with me. It says there, for he, that's the Father, made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that, look at this, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him, in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, church, this is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. It's one that's got to get beyond your head and sink right down into your spirit. In essence, it says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. It says that we are made righteous because of Jesus. Now, are you ready to say something after me? Oh, please don't all respond at once. <laughs> Say this out loud after me. I am, I am the righteousness of God, righteousness of God in, Christ Jesus. in Christ Jesus. Now tell that to the person next to you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell them that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What is righteousness? According to the Amplified Bible, it is right standing with God. And so when the Holy Spirit convicts you of righteousness, He is convicting you of your right standing with God because you've got to believe it at a conviction level and understand it at a real deep level. We are righteous not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has done. And then that should spur us on to live uprightly and to walk in a way that pleases God. But I want to tell you, child of God, it is only the Holy Spirit that can bring across this revelation and conviction that you are righteous in Jesus. And as you open up your life in an increasing way to the Holy Spirit, 
you begin to sit with this reality more and more because the Holy Spirit is making it real. The Holy Spirit is convicting you and He is the only one that can bring about the sense of conviction in your life that you are righteous in Christ. It takes His active, effectual working to make us realize this. Listen to what John Gill, one of the theologians, well-known theologian, this is what he says. He says, the Spirit of God proceeds to convince men of the glory, excellency, fullness, and suitableness of the righteousness of Christ. And so I want to tell you that that is what the Spirit of God is doing. He is your helper. He is here to help you. And I want to tell you that every time he points you back to the cross of Jesus, he points you back to where the blood of Jesus has flowed for your life. Every time the enemy wants to condemn you, the Spirit of God points you back to the cross where you stand righteous because of what Jesus has done. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Point number three and four are brief points. Number three. The more you believe you are righteous in Christ, the more you will experience victory over sin. Child of God, do you believe what that is saying? Because I want to tell you, according to the Word of God, that is true. (laughs) And I've discovered that what we believe about ourselves is so important. What you believe about yourself can either make you or it can break you. Right? Believing leads to right living. Many Christians are living in defeat because they are not believing rightly. And through a time of being around the word of God like this, it helps us to believe rightly so we experience greater victory in our life. And so many times we believe in lies and it shows in our lives. Many times um, we are following wrong ideas and concepts and it shows in our lives. But when we believe the truth, we come right. (laughs) Suddenly things begin to fall into place because we believe in what is true and we come right. So if you see yourself as a dirty sinner, you will continue to live like that. But if you see yourself by the conviction of the Holy Spirit as righteous in Jesus Christ, you will arise to that reality and begin to live like that. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34, it says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Say that with me, awake to righteousness and sin not. But take note what comes first, the awaking to righteousness. Many people are trying in their own strength as believers in Jesus not to mess up and not mistake, make mistakes and so on, but they haven't awoken to righteousness. And the Holy Spirit is coming, he's at work in your life to help you awake to righteousness, and that is the first thing. And then you will be far more victorious in your life, and you will sin not, because you've awoken to this reality. The Spirit of God has made it so real in your life that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to say to you, next time you are tempted to be dishonest, Next time you are tempted to lie or to steal something, I want to say to you, realize that you are better than that 
and the Holy Spirit is convicting you that you are better than that, and you just declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Next time you are tempted to lust and desire something that you should not desire, I want to tell you, remember that you're not a dirty, rotten sinner. You are better than that. And declare over your life that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Victory, victory is yours as you live in that reality. Why don't you say this out loud after me? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you convict me of righteousness. You convict me of my true identity in Christ Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Now the last point, which is very brief, but it's powerful. Number four, the Holy Spirit has come to fill us with the conviction that Satan is defeated. Don't you like that? Come on now, say it like you mean it. The Holy Spirit has come to fill us with the conviction that Satan is defeated. I want to tell you, if you in your mind see Satan as higher than he is and all powerful and exalted, which he is not, it will affect your life and it will hinder you to live in victory in Jesus Christ. But one of the things, one of the three assignments that the Spirit of God does is he comes to make it a reality, a conviction within you that you realize the enemy is truly defeated. He is defeated. Too many Christians are living like the enemy is so powerful and can change and do so much rubbish. That is not the case. I want to tell you, I serve the almighty, all-powerful, all-living, omnipotent, omniscient God who is the great I am. You serve that God. You serve the great I am. And it says in John 16, verse 11, it says, he will convict, now look at this, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. <laughs> you see, the enemy was judged and he was defeated at the cross. His fate was forever sealed at the cross and he was disarmed and defeated by the work of the Lord. Now, here's the thing. God wants you to live in this glorious conviction, this glorious knowledge and reality and belief that the enemy is crushed. And I want to tell you, child of God, we do not need to, we do not need to fear him. We triumph over him. Because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. And so because of this glorious conviction that the enemy is crushed, I want to tell you that the enemy, listen to this carefully, he has no authority over you anymore. That, those chains are broken in Jesus' name. And that's why the Bible says, submit yourselves to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee. Because he's defeated at the cross. He was judged and defeated at the cross. So let it be heard loud and clear in your heart today. The enemy does not have authority over you. But God says, behold, I have given you power over all the power of the enemy and authority over all that power. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
And so this is a wonderful reality that we can begin to just allow the conviction of God to bring into our hearts and lives that the enemy's been defeated. The enemy's been defeated. That those chains cannot hold me anymore because the enemy has been defeated. And you know what, folks? <laughs> Isn't it wonderful that the Holy Spirit works in this way? He works in this way. He causes us to believe that the enemy is judged and defeated. And I want to tell you, this is an important responsibility of the Holy Spirit. One last thing before I wrap it up. And this is important. When the Holy Spirit came to earth, do you know that it was proof that Jesus' mission was completely successful? Utterly and totally and completely successful. And the fact that the Holy Spirit is here proves that the enemy has been judged and defeated. And it also proves that everything that Jesus Christ said is true. And the Holy Spirit's role is to convince you of this reality of the defeat of the enemy and realizing he has no authority over you. So may faith arise in this place in Jesus' name. Realizing who you are in Christ Jesus. And so, as I sum it up, three key assignments of the Holy Spirit. There are many things that the Holy Spirit does on planet Earth. But as Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit coming, there were three key things that Jesus pointed out. And these are the three key assignments. He convicts unbelievers of sin. The other one is he convicts believers of righteousness in Christ. And the last one, he convicts us that the enemy is defeated. Now go ahead and give the Lord a big hand of praise because he deserves it. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand with me. Stand with me. Lord, I thank you that your word brings freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we're no longer under that yoke of bondage and slavery. And we want to thank you, Holy Spirit. We are focusing on you, your ministry, your work this year. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to work in our hearts and lives. And we just want to say thank you, Holy Spirit, that you convict us that we are righteous in Jesus. I pray that in this week ahead that we would experience more than ever before the reality of that conviction. I pray also, Holy Spirit, that you would during this week, that you would come and fill us with the conviction that this, the enemy, Satan, is defeated. He has no authority. We refuse to give him authority over our lives, but we declare that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We bless you, we honor you, and we thank you for your goodness. In the matchless name of Jesus, and all God's people say, arousing, amen. 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 God bless everybody.